How you guys doing? I feel like I can, I'm right there. Like we're here. I feel like I'm going to break something up here. But I'm happy to be here, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here for you guys for the three-hour lecture on friendship. Yeah, let's get it. They've locked the doors. Settle in. This is the last food you'll eat for a while. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> okay, so I'll start. I'll introduce myself. Um, I'll kind of give you guys a lay of the land uh, of what we're going to talk about today. And it's going to be kind of fun. We're going to do some didactic stuff. So I'm going to talk for a little bit. I'm going to break you guys up into small groups, the table you're in. Um, you're going to talk. We're going to come back as a larger group, process for a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit more. And then we'll have about 10 minutes for question and answers. So that's the journey we're going to go on. All right. <clears throat> I'm using my phone because my wife is like expecting a baby any minute now. And so, yeah. Thank you. It's tough, you know, it's just labor, it's just on your back, you know, for me. I don't want to get into it, but it's hard for me, you know, so be thinking about, thinking about as I duck shoes thrown at me. Now we're excited. Our third baby boy. And so pray for our house, pray for the foundation, pray for my body. Uh, okay, so if you guys haven't met me before, I'm Dr. Jude Austin. I am a professor at the University of Maryland Baylor. I teach in the counseling program, uh, and I'm serving for a year or two or 10, I don't know, as interim associate dean for social sciences. So if you're on campus, come holler at your boy. I'm in Wells, 148. See me, I'm in the glass office, just a glass case of emotions, just watching students go by with the coffee I need. Uh, and more importantly, I'm an elder here. So I'm an elder here. I've been here for about a couple years now as an elder, uh, and I love it. I love getting to serve you guys, and I love getting to do things to grow the church and to kind of, you know, um, make this a place that I'm proud to be a part of and proud to have my kids grow up in. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, okay, so we're going to do um, 10 minutes to talk about friendship. I'm going to try to watch the time here. I've got nine minutes left um, because I want to give you guys some time to process, right? Um, so the whole focus of the day, one, is to kind of put friendship in the context right now. What are we doing right now? Um, and what does friendship look like right now? Uh, and then we'll dive into what does that look like in the Bible? One example of what friendship looks like in the Bible and what we can take from that. Um, how to be a better friend, how to get friends, how to keep them. Uh, and then I'll open it up for questions. I'm going to sprinkle in some therapeutic stuff, some theoretical stuff. Um, I promised my brother who called me. He always has a habit. I tell him, hey, man, I'm going to talk at 8. He calls me at 7.59. Like, but what are you doing? Come on, man. He's my twin brother, my little twin brother, uh, who's the same thing I do. So <clears throat> let's get started. Um, gosh, I hate to do this on a, I hate to start on a negative. It's not really negative. It's just real. Um, so a recent study by um, the Survey Center of American Life, it says that we are in a friendship recession. Have you guys heard that term before? Friendship recession? I feel like everybody just made a collective sigh. Yeah, man. I know. I know. It is. It's a friendship recession. And much like a financial recession, you feel it in unexpected ways. Some ways that you expect, like you expect to feel the loneliness, um, there's a bunch of other things, some physical things, some psychological things that I feel like hits home um, that's unexpected. 
you know? So, here's some numbers. Um, let's see, compared to 1990, so the study, um, study uh, compared 1990 to 2001, right? So, compared to 1990, uh, men without any close friends jumped from 3% to 15%, right? So, from 3% to 15%. Um, for women, it jumped to 10%. Right? These are people who said that they don't really have any close friends. Right? Um, and you'll see this trend rise even higher for people who are single. Right? So if you're not in a relationship, your close friend pool just kind of shrinks. Right? And it's a recession. You see it receding. Right? Um, the pandemic put a lot of pressure on us. Right? And like you guys heard Austin say before, pressure tells the truth. And it did, it told the truth about who your real friends were. Like who's washing the celery? Who's getting down into it, you know? And you can kind of see, okay, these are not my friends. We don't have the same views. We don't have the same likes, dislikes, phobias, fears. And it kind of shrinks the circle, right? It's not fun to be alone. It's not fun to feel the loneliness, right? Um, But more than that, there's some physical things that we struggle with without having friends, right? I know this sounds dark. I promise I'm going to keep it light, right? But what I want you to do is pay attention, right? Pay attention to what's going on for you as I'm talking through this stuff. Pay attention to it's resonating because when you talk in your small groups, you're going to bring this up and you're going to talk about what resonates, right? So here is some of the ways that friendships significantly impact our physical health. Then we'll jump to psychological health. So physically, friendship uh, reduces stress, right? I mean, not, I mean, you know, we all have that friend. We all that. We probably brought him today. It's probably our first time here. Stand up if it's not kidding. Uh, <laughs> but we do. We have that friend that it does not reduce stress. But on the large, um, friends reduce stress. You know, you just have that feeling of cohort camaraderie. Um, it also improves mental health, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, right? But it improves mental health. It also um, increases longevity, right? So people who identify as having close friends uh, tend to live longer, right? I mean, close friends, they tend to live longer. They also get sick less, so their immune systems are stronger as well. Um, They tend to cope with illness better, just a little bit more resiliency, right? So when you're going through things and you feel like you have somebody next to you, even though they're not going through what you're going through, sometimes it can be empathetic enough to help you get through that thing, right? Um, and then pain management, right? These are all things I need to do for my wife whenever she goes into labor. As I'm saying this out loud, I'm thinking, I need to be a better friend to my, to my wife as she goes through labor. But it is, it helps you with pain management, right? So those are the f- physical things. So those things that help you live longer. Now there's some psychological things, and I think this is stuff that kind of sneaks up on you you know, it sneaks upon you. These are things that we hear in therapy, these psychological um, benefits of having friends. The first thing is this term called differentiation. Have you guys heard of this term before? Differentiation, yeah, maybe some of my students. Yeah, so it's, an, it's the idea that you can be separate and together from things, right? A lot of the times this helps when you are differentiating from your family of origin, Right? Like you come to college, you gain some friends. You know that first time you went to like a sleepover at a friend's house 
And they like sat down and was like kind to each other, talked to each other. And you thought, oh, everybody doesn't scream at each other at dinner time? Interesting. You know, like everybody, what's that green stuff on the plate? <laughs> you know, like you start to have a little bit of a different perspective because you're around other people. It helps you to start to separate from the people of your origin, right? And start to kind of individuate, right? You start to go, well, who am I within the context of this relationship? And so good friends kind of act like a magnet to kind of pull you into other relationships, not away from your family of origin, right? But more into yourself. You start to develop yourself. Um, You start to have some self-reflection, right? Because you have a friend, a close friend, who can be a mirror to you, right? A really good close friend acts like a mirror, right? And you love them, and you also hate them at the same time, you know? When they point out to you, you know you do that, right? Like, why do you, why do, you do that, you know? The first time I realized I ate with my mouth open was when I had a really good friend who wasn't my brother who said, that's annoying. And I thought, I don't like you, you know? <laughs> And there's more things like that where you just hear and you go, oh, okay, I do that. Okay, I need to figure that out, right? So good friends help you self-reflect. And then probably most importantly is that our good friends teach us lessons that we don't have to go through the experience to learn, right? It's kind of like I have two boys, right, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And my oldest son, he never touched the stove before, right? I don't know why. But, you know, you got two kids. Look, don't come at me. It's hard, right? You can't watch them all the time. And so we were cooking something, and my youngest just put his hand right on the hot stove, right? For like, I mean, a millisecond. But it was enough for Kean to go, I'm not touching that. I mean, he backed away completely. And he'll never have to go through that experience to learn that lesson, right? So sometimes... When you have close friends, you get to learn the lesson by proxy, right? Which is good. Um, It's tough when you don't because a lot of your lessons are coming the hard way, you know? Like you're learning them on your own, you know, which can be tough. So we got one minute before you guys break into groups. Make sure you're paying attention to some of the stuff that's resonating with you because I'm going to go really quickly into how you can make good friends. Right? One, abandon our hope. No, I'm kidding. Don't have hope. There's things you can do. These are some practical things you can do. One, um, figure out what you're interested in. I mean, figure out what you're actually interested in. All right? More than just a hobby. All right? What's your trajectory? Where are you going? More importantly, what are your values? Because right? you want to make friends that align with your values. Right? Um, two, Always take the initiative. I mean, there are times where I remember growing up in college or uh, in graduate school and thinking, like, why are they texting me back? Like, why don't you want to be my friend? Right? I never took the initiative to go, how can I be a better friend to the people around me? Right? And so you want to be able to take the initiative. You want to be able to text back to create the things. So the idea is, if you have things you're interested in, you can also invite them to those things and not just wait to be invited to things, right? Now, that will come with some no's, right? You're gonna have people say, nope, I do not want to go hiking because there are people who don't like hiking, 
Right? No, I, <laughs> people are like, yeah, that's me. My bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or no, I don't want to go rollerblading. Or no, I don't want to do these things that I haven't stretched for. Like I don't want to have a friend where I need to warm up to hang out with. I don't want that friend. Um, but that will come with no's. And so you will get these little micro rejections right, in these relationships. And you have to build some resilience to these micro rejections. Right? You have to be able to say, I want to do this thing. And for the person next to you to go, I don't want to do that thing. And for you not to go, well, you don't love me then. Because right? people make that jump. Right? It's okay for people not to want to do the thing that you want to do. Right? So you got to build some, um, some resiliency to that. And you have to learn from it. Right? You have to learn how to be with that person. Right? More importantly, you have to teach the person how to be with you. Right? Which means you have to be honest and you have to be authentic. Right? You have to be honest and you have to be authentic because you have to teach the person how to love you. Right? The same is true for a relationship. Right? Some people go into relationships with this idea that if you love me, you would know. Right? Just, no, man. No. Like, nobody in here is a mind reader. Nobody. I have thousands and thousands of hours and I still don't know what my wife is thinking sometimes. I mean, thousands of training, you know, and I'm still like, gosh, I, I got to ask. She has to tell me. I have to be curious enough to ask, right? The last thing I'll say before we break into groups is um, pay attention to the context in which you're making friends. Sometimes I work with people and they say, oh my gosh, I just can't find anybody. I'm trying everything, right? Well, think about your day. Think about your week. I know when I think about where I travel, it's in a box, right? Go home, work, golf, back home, right? Gym in the middle. So I'm literally doing this. And if I'm not making an effort to go outside of this little box, if I'm expecting God to bring me a friend in this two-mile box, right? It's just, it's not going to happen, right? So you do have to go out of your box, pay attention to your context, and you can do that once you figure out your interests, Right? So, here's what I want you to do. Right? I want you to, at your table, I want you guys to talk and process through two questions. Right? Number one, um, how have you been impacted by the friendship recession? Right? And then number two, um, how do you plan to not become a statistic? Right? So take about 10 minutes and then we'll come back as a group and share. Everybody doesn't have to share, but we'll share. Hey man, before we get started, you know, I just want to open it up for a quick process. We only get about five minutes to talk about it. We have more time for questions, but I walked around and gosh, you guys were vulnerable. You know, I was kind of surprised by how vulnerable you guys were. I mean, quick, you know. Um, so I just appreciate whatever you shared. I don't know what you shared, uh, the details of it, but I just appreciate you guys' willingness to dive into it because uh the stuff is hard man you know we talk about friendships and relationships and things like that but uh it's just like having tough conversations is pretty tough right so um let's open it up for maybe a five minute process right um so if you feel comfortable you don't have to share everything maybe just one takeaway we won't go from the big table but just one takeaway from the discussion anybody can go go ahead we just, I just talked about there's just so many people 
Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Because one thing that we didn't talk about, but that you brought up was, man, you, you do have to do the personal work to be able to gain the resiliency to kind of put yourself out there. Right? There's vulnerability that comes with that. So you do have to build up some resiliency to go, I'm going to DM this person. I'm going to try to put myself out there. I'm going to go. I'm not going to know anybody. And I'm going to be awkward. And that's just the process, you know? So, you know. All right, what else? We maybe got time for two more. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so uh, my name's Joshua, and uh, this, is, uh, this is actually my first time. <laughs> yeah, you can just, let's just go cheek for cheek. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Okay, sorry. So yeah, my name's Joshua, and this is actually my first time coming here. Welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I've lived in Temple all my life, and uh, for um, for many years, uh, I've been homeschooled. And uh, um, I I I, uh, I recently, a couple of three years ago, I got interested in movies and stuff. And you know, I, I want to start my own production company, my own acting, producing, and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so about friendship, though, uh, friendship has been a big part of my life for about one to two years now. It's been a very important subject for me because, um, for quite some time, you know, I've been struggling with finding friends or something. I've been struggling with trying to keep friends, you know, and it's, it's, uh, I was talking in our group about how it's really not easy to kind of keep friends now, um, in, in, a, in a lot of places, and um, I was always the one, you know, to reach out to my friends and stuff, and you, you just gotta, gotta be the, you gotta be the person, you know, you gotta be the good person to do it, so, you know, but um, like I said, I, I've had a friend, you know, um, his name was Angel, and he's, he, he was a really nice friend, and he's a really nice, really nice guy, um, but, um, you know, he just, he doesn't talk to me anymore, I was sort of the one to reach out and text to him and stuff, um, and yeah, so it, it's, it's sort of, it, it, you know, I've been doing that to all my friends, and I, at this point, I've realized that, um, you know, when, when you are the one that's texting or doing any of that, that's just, it, it's, it's a sign that, you know, either, you, you know, this person's pretty much probably doesn't have any time for you, and you're probably going to want to have to find someone who, who, you know, you can really get along with, because like my family always told me is that um, there is a very rare chance where you'll always have this one friend that you'll keep forever. And, but that's rare. That's really rare. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my life right now because I'm starting to get into things. Um, you know, I'm starting to actually film something this upcoming month over here in Temple. And um, I'm also, I've also gotten a new job, of course, at a 
nursing place because um, I, I really, really have a lot of care for my elders and stuff, and I really just think, um, you know, because I, wor- I work at Weston Rehabilitation Center, and it's an awesome place, you know, and, good, man. and it's a very good place to experience, you know, a job at. Um, I've learned a couple things from it. But, yeah, um, all I want to say is that uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just so glad that, you know, um, I'm, I'm finding these places because I know I'm eventually going to find something sometime, you know, especially with God's help, um, the people that I, can, that I can make friends with. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's really all I wanted to say. It was nice meeting you all. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, man, it's hard. I mean, part of the recession, you know, it's just this... I don't know, this like aversion to discomfort, you know, that we have, like we do. And I think the pandemic kind of pushed us to like our, in a lot of ways, it pushed us into fear, which made us search for comfort. And it's hard to kind of come out of that, you know, like I miss just wearing, sometimes I forget to put on real shoes when I leave the house because I'm so used to being comfortable, you know. And so things like that happen as well. You know, you have what, to kind of... Do you wear, like, Crocs or... Look, man, let's not get into it. Uh, <laughs> no, my brother got me those uh, cloud slippers. Yeah. You know? Oh, my gosh. Like, I've been full-on halfway to campus, just like, what's that breeze? Oh. Like, and I kind of thought, you know what, maybe when I get tenure, oh, maybe not. But maybe, yeah, I don't know. I go up. I go up this year. All right, man. So thank you guys for sharing. Thanks, Joshua. Thank you guys for, uh, for participating. Um, so we're going to kind of drop down um, and hear what uh, God has to say about friendships. So we're going to talk about um, a friendship, just one, that I feel like will kind of give us some basis on um, how we can live out this good friendship uh, life. So we're going we're gonna to go to, and you, you can read along with me in your Bibles, or you can just listen, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18, 1 through 4, and then we'll dive down into 2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 25 through 26. But I'm going to talk about the relationship between David and Jonathan, right? They have this kind of deep abiding relationship, which I think sometimes, at least when I read it, it feels uncomfortable I'm seeing two guys relate to each other this way. I think when I walked around, I heard people talk about this, how sometimes as a guy, um, and the same thing goes for ladies, but sometimes as a guy, it's hard to be vulnerable. You know, it's like, how do you be vulnerable with someone? You know, there's no classes on vulnerability. There is, it's called therapy. But, you know, <laughs> get a, did I get a whoop for therapy? Oh my gosh, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Okay, so let's see. So this relationship about David, uh, David and Jonathan. I call him Dave like he's my good friend. Uh, so this is right off the back of David defeating Goliath, right? Um, and he was brought before the king, and the scripture tells us that after David had finished uh, talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. <clears throat> From that day, Saul kept David and with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. So from that, we can take some principles from that, right? Um, Sometimes I think when you have a friend 
that you can elevate and put above you, sometimes that friendship can be a little bit more vulnerable and closer. Because I know for myself, in my times of selfishness, sometimes I don't want a friend. What I really want is a resource, you know? And it's really easy for me to make that relationship transactional, you know? And Jonathan took the chance to not make it transactional, which it could have been, you know? Um, And so, after this, after David accomplished what he accomplished with Goliath, all right, Jonathan, um, he recognizes David's potential, right? He gave him those things because he's saying, look, man, what I have, if you can use it to be a better version of yourself, I want you to have it, all right? He immediately took himself out of competition, right, with David. Um, And so, Good friends, they not only recognize our strengths and our abilities, but they're not afraid to promote us, even if it means that you will, quote unquote, surpass them, right? Um, It's not a competitive thing, right? Now, later on in the experience, David is leaving because, you know, he's about to be um, chased. And so he, David, he's about to go into hiding and Jonathan and him, they meet one last time, and it's this heartbreaking, I mean, you know that like ugly cry you have? It's like one of them kind of meetings, right? Um, and they held each other, and they just wept, right? And one of the things I took away from that is, man, it is so crucial to have a relationship that's built off of intentional vulnerability and sharing and honesty and truth. Right? It's so essential, right? And it's essential to normalize those things in relationships, right? Um, it's funny because, you know, a lot of the kind of relationships I grew up with was, and this is true for myself now, like one of my good friends, we are best friends for life because he had a basketball with air in it on the recess playground. That's all it took. His ball bounced. My ball didn't. You're going to be my best man. Like, you don't know it, but you will, you know? And that stuff, it's kind of, that doesn't happen nowadays as much, you know? You got to kind of buy into it. You got to put the energy into it. And I think some of that currency comes with authentic sharing of how the other person is impacting you, you know? It doesn't always have to be this heartfelt embrace where you weep. It could just be like, hey, man, I really appreciate when you text me, you know? Hey, man, I really appreciate us doing this kind of stuff. Right. Okay, so, <clears throat> so now we're going to jump to 2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 25 through 26. Um, this is when Saul and Jonathan uh, died. And David, he wrote this letter, he wrote this lament um, for the king and his son. In that he said, how mighty have fallen, how the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you. Jonathan, my brother, you were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of a woman. And what this little passage um, shows me is that you can't get everything from one person, right? Even if you're in a relationship, you need community, Right, to offer you a variety of things, right? It's almost unfair to put you are my everything on one person, even on one friend, right? And so what David is saying is sometimes 
right? Friendship with Jonathan, it supported in him. Jonathan supported him in a way that no one else could, right? But he wasn't the only one, right? Relation, sometimes the relationship between a husband and wife, between boys, best friends, it needs kind of variety, right? Um, you need somebody you can go and talk to without triangulating, but you need somebody you can go and talk to to kind of workshop stuff so that you can go to the person you want to have a confrontation with or a conversation with and get to the true honesty, right? Uh, me and my brother, I have a twin brother, I said before, he's that person who I can go and rant and complain and not be judged, right? I don't have to be Dr. Austin in front of him. And he lets me go, he lets me cook, and then he goes, all right, so like, what are you gonna do about it? Like, how are you going to love someone you're upset with, right? And you need somebody to have that kind of honest relationship. And I would imagine that that's a relationship that David and Jonathan had. So um, that's a good relationship that I think points us in the direction of how we need to be. Um, we got about seven minutes left, right? We go to 8.45 or so. Um, so I'm going to open it up for questions. You guys can ask me questions about what we talked about. Um, some of the things we talked about was ideals of differentiation, friendship recession, um, you know, being able to be vulnerable, sharing things with your friends, building friends, taking initiative, all of that stuff. Uh, what questions you guys have? I can't promise I'll answer them, but I'll try my best. Hi. Um, can you explain more about the differentiation within a yeah. friendship? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that question. People always do. Um, Okay, how can I do this in a way that doesn't take an hour? Uh, okay, so you know, so you imagine that each person you're with, you have a gravitational pull with, right? So think about the person in your life that has the strongest gravitational pull towards you, right? So like if things happen to you, it kind of pulls you, so like work pulls me, right? And then my wife, who's connected to me, also feels that pull, right? So sometimes to be differentiated, you need to be able to go, hey, I'm getting pulled from here and it's going to impact you. And you need this person to go, okay, I can feel that pull and still be in a relationship with you, right? And not see that as a threat, right? So you can be separate where you have your own lived experience, but then you can also be together where you have a relationship, right? And so healthy relationships, healthy marriages aren't 50-50, Right? Sometimes they're 70-30, sometimes they're 60-40, and you need to be differentiated in order to kind of feel that and roll with that uh, gravity. Right? Was that good? I feel like that was non-technical. What else? Any other question? We got one there. Feel like you're the only one like pursuing a yeah. friendship or do you have like, what are your thoughts on that yeah um you know there i think there comes a point where the relentless chasing can be detrimental right and so there comes a point where you have to go okay um this is not going to work but what can i take from it what can i learn from it right um because every relationship whether it pans out for a lifetime has a lesson for you to learn, right? So sometimes you gotta take the lesson and then move on, right? Um, take what you like, 
right? And take what you don't like and don't do it anymore, right? So you may say like, gosh, I was really persistent. I really got upset when this person did that. I don't think this worked, right? And kind of don't do that anymore. Um, but that's the best way. I mean, sometimes it just be like that. I mean, seriously, we've all had that season where you feel like you're chasing, right? Pay attention to what's going on for you while you're chasing because, you know, if that turns into anxious attachment, which we don't have time to talk about, I'm just saying it right now, um, but if it turns into anxious attachment, that can be a bigger problem, right? So sometimes these things you're going through, if you experience it enough without doing the growth, it'll become a personality characteristic, right? So just be mindful that you're growing through all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can, I'll repeat it if you ask. Never mind, he's quick. Jeez. All right. Some, sometimes uh, I think I have like, maybe I'm not fulfilled by friendships. Yeah. And maybe it leads to disappointment. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on um, how to manage those expectations mm-hmm. and uh, when to like be okay with what relationships are going to be fulfilling and what aren't. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that comes down to what's, your, what's the function of a friendship in your life, right? Um, I have friendships that are not meant to be fulfilling, right? They're just not. We're meant to send memes to each other. Like, that's what, <laughs> that's what we do, you know? And, you know, we're not, it's not meant to be this life-altering, philosophical type of experience, right? We're meant to go and sit and talk, you know? And that's it about sports, right? And so kind of think about, well, what's the function of it, right? And don't necessarily lower your expectation, but try to get the person, try to get to know the person enough to know what kind of friend are you going to be and meet them where they are, right? If, if that helps, right? Because um, sometimes we can, um, sometimes we can um, not be in a relationship with the person, but we can be in a relationship with a pattern you probably heard me say that before, right? And so if relationships are doing the same thing over and over, I, feel a lot, I see a lot of faces go like, eee. yeah, you know? It's because, you, it's because we aren't seeing the person, right? We're, all we're doing is attracted to the pattern, right? So if relationships are ending the same way or feeling the same way, you know? Like if all of your relationships felt unfulfilling, then it's probably not the relationships that's unfulfilled. You know, not to say that you are, you don't have to, it's not an attack, but you know, but you do have to start reflecting on that and go like, oh my gosh, like all of my relationships end in the dumpster fire. Maybe I'm the dumpster fire. And like, you have to, you know what I mean? So look within. <laughs> go ahead. Um, so you said a good aspect of friendship is being able to be vulnerable with someone yeah. and that those friends should be able to feed into your life and give advice and like be a mirror for self-reflection do you feel like there's almost like a limit on how many counselors or friends you have feeding into your life so you don't get overwhelmed yeah 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 like it kind of piggybacks off of this question like not every friend is going to be that friend you know that like fulfilling bread of life friend that you can do that some friends do have a position you know, that you can put them in and, it, and they're necessary, you know what I mean? And so the, the hard part and the tricky part is you being able to put them into those categories. 
and love them equally and be with them equally and be yourself with them equally, but know that, okay, this, this person's awareness is here or this person's level of insight is here or my level of insight is here, you know? So, um, yeah, that helps. You definitely don't want eight therapist friends. Um, I have a lot of therapist friends. And oftentimes our conversations are circular, right? It usually ends with, well, what is the meaning of life? I don't know. <laughs> Does that help? I can, I can go into more detail, but I'd love to if we had more time. Okay, maybe time for one more. I think we had one. Go ahead. Check. Okay. Uh, Got to check. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Uh, my question um, is how can I be a better friend with friends who um, lack faith in God? Yeah. Because, I mean, I want to be better for them, but I'm sometimes, like, I don't know what to say to them, and I don't want to be that friend who's, like, banging my Bible on the head, but I just want to yeah. lead them on the path that I'm on because yeah. I, I kind of know what they went through. So what can, how can I, what can I do to be a better friend? I mean, I'll tell you the kind of friends that I have, you know, they're the ones who live out their faith so contagiously that it makes me sick, you know? Like with them, I cough with them, you know, as I'm praying. But you get what I'm saying. Like you have to live out your faith so, I mean, so visibly and so without it being overwhelming or the key thing is threatening their insecurities because there's a lot of insecurities that comes with submission, you know? And so you have to live it out in a way that's inviting, you know, and not uh, provoking, right? If that makes sense. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool. All right, I think that's our time. This has been great. Hey, you guys can reach out to me at any time, man. My email, I think it's on the website, um, but you can always get me at drjudeaustin at gmail.com. I'm not taking new clients because we're about to have a baby if you haven't heard. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate it. If you see me here with my boys running around, say hey. Um, I'm an open book. Feel free to ask me some questions. If you need any more guidance, I'm here for you guys. So I appreciate y'all. You have a good rest of the night. Yeah, if we could just give him a round of applause. That was great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Dr. Jude. Well, um, we are going to now go into a time of response, and similar to Sundays, it works very similar. Um, We have a couple of different ways that we can do that, and so um, we do have communion set up over here and over here, um, where if if you would like to receive communion, you're able. Um, That is... uh, The juices represents the blood um, that... Um, that Jesus spilled for us and the bread. (laughs) I said spilled. Did I say spilled? I said spilled. Did he shed? Shed. That's way better. (laughs) Sounds way more uh, in line with what I should have said. Um, And then the bread, right, Um, which represents his body. And so um, I am going to kind of pray us into this response and... um, there are going to be people in the back that if you would like to pray um, for any reason at all, that you can go to them. Um, we, do have, we do have people in the audience that would love to pray with you about whatever you may feel like you need prayer for. Maybe it's a friendship or maybe it's something else that's going on in your life. Um, but we're going to give you that opportunity. So I'll pray us into that. And um, please respond in whichever way you see fit.
But, oh, Lord, we love you. We just thank you so much um, for an opportunity to come here and hear more about um, what you envision friendship to be for us because we know that it is um, crucial. It is um, something that we all need and we all need um, we all need good friends. And we just know that um, a friend is, is someone who, um, like, we just heard is someone who can be there for us, um, for us to kind of, um, for us to kind of process things or for us to, um, be able to talk about things that we're going through and it's, life is tough and we shouldn't have to do it alone. And so you, um, want us to do that with, with friends, with community. And so, um, I know that there are a ton of folks here that are, um, that are in different seasons of life, Lord, and that have different things going on. So I just ask that um, as we respond here in a second, Lord, that you would put um, that you would put someone in on each person's heart that um, that they think about, because I know that it's tough. And um, we just thank you so much for your son. We thank you um, for all of the gifts that you've uh, given us through him, the grace, the mercy. And um, I just ask that, um, that we would align our vision with who you are as a father. Uh, we thank you so much for all you're doing and all you're going to do. We love you. And it's in your, prayer, in your son's name that we pray. Amen.